Hello? I have just one question for you. Are you ready? Am I ready for what? Who's this? Are you ready for this Sunday night when WWE champ John Cena defends his title in the WWE Super Slam? Right now you can order this awesome pay-per-view event for just $59.99. I'm sorry, no, there is not any chance in hell that we're ever going to have wrestling in this house again. But thank you, but no. Have a good day. Hi, can I speak to Champ? Who? Champ? Is Champ there? Who is Champ? That question will be answered this Sunday night! Champ defends the belt! Listen! Hey! Super Slam! Hey, sir! Please quit calling my house! The Undertaker! Quit calling me! CM Punk and even Triple H in the Big Show in a spit-swapping makeout match! WWE Super Listen! Hello? Hello? Can you stop screaming in your little sirens and whatever that is? Can you knock it off for five seconds? Not interested. Stop calling my f***ing house. Hello? I'm watching you. Excuse me? That's exactly what The Undertaker told John Cena! champion in WWE history at this weekend's WWE Super Stop calling my house John before Cena. I get your number. I will track you down and absolutely tear you Ladder. to pieces. Do you understand me? I know you are. John Cena, crazy motherfucker. calling my house. No. No wrestling. No super motherfucking slam is happening in this house. I swear to Jesus, if this is those wrestling f***s again... Okay, good morning. Uh, hi, I'm just calling this morning to ask if you're a supporter of the United States military. Oh my God, I apologize. We've been getting calls all morning. I, I apologize, and yes. Fantastic. Yes, I am. Great. Uh, are you a supporter of the Marine Corps? Yes, absolutely. Good. Absolutely. Great, because a former decorated member of the United States Marine Corps needs your support. His name is John Cena. He's gonna get in the ring and put boots down. You are you kidding me right now? Are you kidding me right now? I can't even handle this. I cannot handle this. Available right now at a low price of only thirty nine ninety nine. I can't believe you're still calling me. I'm about to lose my. Oh, 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 hold on, hold on. <laughs> Marie, Marie, this is the Z Morning Zoo radio Hi. show on Z104. How are you? What? We've been, we've what? been, we've been phone scamming you. Your, your husband, your husband Donnie told us to phone. Hi. We are all in a fight right now. Are you kidding me right now? <laughs> I couldn't believe the oh mouth on you had on oh, you. Oh fantastic. my god! Well, listen, I'm. So- I haven't, I haven't had my coffee yet. Shut yes. Up. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I know. How well, to listen, feel good. Uh, we won't be calling you back anymore. I promise. Okay. Oh, thank Jesus. So you won't have to oh, hear. You won't have to hear this. <laughs>
All right, everyone, welcome back uh, to Gundam at MAHQ. Uh, this is one of your hosts, Neo, and joining me always is Soulbro. What's going on? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm stepping all over I you. I was doing <laughs> Stepping all over yourself before you can so, even be introduced. Ryu. <laughs> well, joining uh, me always is Soulbro Ryu. Thank you, everybody. Uh, thank you, Neo. Uh, how you, how's everybody doing? Doing well. And, uh, of course, Chris. Burgess Meredith's on the call. Get off my lawn, damn kids and their Gundams. Yo, Mickey, how you doing? <laughs> and and if any of our listeners that are based out of the Boston area, they felt a, a great disturbance in the force last week. It was because uh, Chris was uh, Chris was there, um, you know, crapping on your city, just telling <laughs> inflicting his opinion on all the Bostonians there. Sweet kind of what they do <laughs> so uh this is episode 166 of gundam at mhq and uh in this episode we're gonna be doing one segment and it's gonna be wow it's it's we're we're coming to an end we're, we're in the home stretch now but it's this is gonna be our continuing reviews of the manga gundam the origin with our reviews and thoughts of volume 10 so only got two more to go so what's gonna be done before this Keto the Exile or uh, <laughs> Well, given that uh, the fifth episode has been delayed until 2016, I would say get him the origin. Yeah, that's a good bet. It's a definitely a good bet. So thank you, uh, everyone. And, and guys, anything as I'm walking over to the Larry King Memorial News Studio for some Neo's listener submitted news? Word to the War Orphans. We got more coming. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Before we begin, Chris, uh, how did your sit down with the general go? When you he when you... he already knew about it. No, oh, what did he do? Boy. <laughs> he he doesn't seem too hateful, but I'm sure he'll he'll have some <laughs> when it's time. Hate watching. <laughs> He's going to be doing some good old hate watching. So, uh, all right. Well, that's good. Yes, of course. Uh, and I know that we had some submissions and news before we begin, and we did a coverage of the live stream last week of the release of, or the announcement of uh, Gundam Iron-Blooded Orphans, um, the new show coming out in October of this year. So, Soulbro, that's up, up on the YouTube channel for Gundam? Yes, it is. Uh, YouTube.com slash Gundam M-A-H-Q. You can go there and check out. It's almost two hours of us just jacking jaws, man. It's great. <laughs> yeah. We got almost 2,000 views, man. People came out and checked it out. They enjoyed the uh, the exchange. Actually, we got a lot of uh, people who never even knew Gundam existed until that video. So, uh, that's really cool. And uh, hopefully they'll check out the podcast as a result. If you're listening for the first time and that's because of that video thank you for listening yes. well it's uh, unfortunately not cool for the people who uh who can't watch the video oh 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 yeah it's true um only only right now people in japan can't watch it because of the content so um basically gotta love those content flags hey but this way's around that guys <laughs> <laughs> but they, i bet they it's probably deep. already know mm-hmm. they probably know that this is being released oh yeah. thing. we're gonna venture to go on a limb here and say people in japan know this is happening absolutely so, well hopefully we'll be able to do more of uh, of this whole streaming things that, that's a real cool thing gosh never done that before people dug it man we almost had 100 people come out for the for the stream itself so uh if you watch the stream live many thanks for you guys did you doing tell so. show did you tell show we come <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure i'm sure show would come running <laughs> but no so yeah yeah, yeah everybody everybody told show that we almost got 100 viewers but you know you already said gundam that's all you said <laughs> 
Survey Thursdays. <laughs> Survey Thursdays. Well, thank you, everyone, for uh, showing up. And if you haven't seen it, uh, you know, go check it out. And here we are. In the Larry King Memorial News Studio, and some news listeners submitted news. You are the king. You are the king. Articles, and if you ever have any articles to post, you can always go to the Neos Listener Submitted News articles thread in the Gundam section of the Mecha Talk forum run by that evil bastard Chris. <laughs> and uh, the first one we got here is wow, this is this is monumental. Oh. We have the first posting, and it's not an evil Australian, the most what? evil Australian of them all. Yes, Met Noir is slipping. Yeah, he must have must have had to go in solitary or something, or maybe maybe he got paroled. Maybe he's no longer in. Uh, jail so but the first one here comes from the shade and he's got a link here i think we talked about this last news um there's there's an exposition oh actually this is not the this is a different exposition exposition that's going on uh it's one for mecha uh, mechanical designer uh kunio okawara and it's going to be going in the uno royal museum in japan runs from the august 8th to 27th and it's going to have about 500 items on display uh you know we know okawara from such things as mobile suit gundam yatterman armor trooper voltomes i mean the list just keeps going on and on there's going to be so there's wow this is actually interesting there's going to be a special plastic model of chris's favorite uh, gundam the strike freedom Gundam, which will be sold exclusively at the event so anybody that attends um maybe you should be nice and buy chris one of these and send it to him i'm sure he'll love putting that together right chris sure <laughs> And there's, oh, it gets even better. There's going to be an audio guide that's going to be voiced by uh, Hoshi Sinichiro and Mikiko Kumamatsu. And Hoshi played, wow, he was Kira Yamato in Mobile Suit Gundam Seed. Ooh. And uh, he was uh, Roddy Shuffle in Round Vernie and Vyphon 13. And Kumamatsu was a Sayori in Gundam Bill Fighter. So, wow, that's pretty cool. He's been everybody. <laughs> He's been everyone. There you go. So, uh, thank you, Mr. The Shade, for your submission. Oh, the next one. Here comes from an evil Australian, but he's not one of the best. Mulaflaga. Oh. And uh, he's got a he's got a link here that says there is a Transformers Combiner Wars toy series that's gonna become a dark and gritty cartoon series. So guys, you know anything about this uh, new series that's coming out? It's gonna be dark and gritty. Hey man, that's all we know, man. That's the good stuff. That's already heading in the right direction because we can't watch anything else on any other speed. Dark and gritty. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that's how we wanted our Gundam. But, exactly. uh, yes, I, I guess this is... Uh, Grizzled, too. It's got to be grizzled. they got to grow metal beards, all right? <laughs> well, some of them do, all right? Okay. But, yes, it's going to be dark and gritty, so we'll give you more as uh, that comes up. Sweet. Ooh, the shade comes back with, uh, looks like, Hong Kong. We've always heard of that place. It's in mm-hmm. China, or by China. Or I don't even know what the status of it is at this point. But I guess there is a big Gundam statue that's going to be supposedly coming to Hong Kong. And uh, it says here a a a third-scale Unicorn Gundam and Wing Gundam is uh, coming in an upcoming display. And it's going to be in Hong Kong's Times Square from August 1 to August 31st. So, yeah, if anybody's in Hong Kong at that point, um, you know, get grab some pictures. And it looks like back in 2013, the area uh, hosted a Gundam display of the old RX-78 dash, or just a, yeah, well, I guess it would be the dash 2 squaring off with uh, Shar Zaku 2. So, Mm -hmm. 
Uh, there you go. Return performance. So unicorn and wing. Can't gotta love that. So uh thank you, Mr. The Shade, for your submission. Oh, Rodimus seventy six comes here with one. And uh this is just a quick update. It looks like uh Pacific Rim two, uh Kaiju Boogaloo is gonna be start <laughs> shooting in November. So hopefully uh, we'll be getting some updates on that later on and movie coming out. I think what, two thousand sixteen or I think seventeen. Seventeen, right? 17 yeah. at the earliest, yeah. So uh, thank you for the submission there. And yes, Burtman 4, we'll give you the credit. Yes, we know. Brand new Gundam series announced. Iron-Blooded Orphans, uh, the general's favorite. So uh, <laughs> thank you for that. And uh, next, oh, Vent Noir does show up. He must have been left, left, taken out of solitary. Mm-hmm. And uh, he says, um, I guess he's got a link here saying the Pacific Rim toy, toy line has finally made the best Jaeger toy. Oh. And it looks like, oh, yeah, the Striker Eureka. What? And it's got, yeah, it's got, it's got the missiles coming out of it and everything. It's the new Ultimate Striker. So, well, this looks wow. great. Holy and shit. It, it was uh, announced during uh, Hollywood Con in San Diego. Um, so, <laughs> well, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's not really. Com- There's nothing really about comics there except for big Hollywood blockbuster movies. Hey man, hey, hey. They 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 still comics in spirit. I mean, if and if, I, if 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 I want a if I want a back issue of uh, Amazing Spider-Man 163, I got to go down to the basement. <laughs> 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 kind of hard to find at this point. Mm-hmm. Not because it's rare, just because no one's selling any of that stuff there. So thank you, Mr. Benoit, for your submission. Oh yeah, net dudes comes here and this. I guess this was actually be um, dedicated, to Chris. I guess you have until January 29th to finish your plate of carrots. EA net dude says. Oh no! Looks like the um, the uh, Japanese Blu-ray box set of the complete Gundam o- 0083 Stardust Memories is going to be released early next year. He says here the instant classic, the Afterglow Zeon compilation film has pe- previously been released on <laughs> Blu-ray several years ago. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> uh, the box set is priced at 25,000 yen. He said, Yenetut says, relive the energetic youth of South Burning, the man boy love of Koa Rocky and Kelly Lazner, <laughs> and the chivalry of Bernard Muncha time after time in beautiful, beautiful high definition. <laughs> so, that, that, actually, that actually should be like on the back of the Blu ray. Oh, <laughs> should, should that be the description? And, and carrots. <laughs> and carrots. <laughs> well, he, he, he started as saying, yeah, until. January 29th to finish your carrots, but imagine on the back, relive the energetic youth of South Burning, Yo. the man boy love of Korraki and Kelly Lays, <laughs> the chivalry of Bernard Munch <laughs> now in beautiful high definition. <laughs> Yo, Yo Elliot, Elliot, this needs to be your job, man. <laughs> With 3D carrots. <laughs> 3D carrots. <laughs> the man's the best marketer ever. <laughs> Wait, so he's a tag. He's, he, he writes great tag. Or I guess oh, yeah. great cop. Yeah, yes, great cop. Absolutely. So we'll need him when uh, he'll be the guy when, when Gundam gets super big and you have that uh, movie start, that movie guy, the movie trailer guy announcing <laughs> everything. Yeah. We'll have, we'll have uh, Elliot write all that stuff. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so uh, th- thank you, EA Netu, for your submission. Oh, the next one here comes from Will Darren. It looks like Toyota. We all know what Toyota is. Mm-hmm. Large uh, faces corporation that builds automobiles. It likes likes to kill you with stock accelerators. Uh, <laughs> looks like they've uh, expanded their Gundam line with a new Shar and Zaku models of their um, Aeris hatchback. Wow. So, yeah. Oh, man. Imagine that. Hopefully they cut, a, cut another commercial, man. 
for uh, the Xeon the Toyota, man. I, I can't wait to see this new one. <laughs> I guess if you're in Japan, you can see the Shar model at the uh, Mora Arts Museum in Rapungi Hills. I guess they had an appearance with the, uh, the Armor Array's voice actor doing some, I guess it says here. Oh, he just he just appeared. Mm. So, um, yeah, kind of cool. So I your mean, boy wasn't there? Ikeda, now nah, he's oh. he's cash he's cashing checks with the uh, models on on the <laughs> beach, man. You got a spit of yak. <laughs> it's pretty much, pretty much. Oh, if, so. he's, if he's like Ikeda from that one manga we read. Oh my yeah. god, the party yeah, probably, man. Yeah, he probably is. Yeah, the party boy. Holy shit, good stuff. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So uh, thank you for uh, your, uh, that submission. Oh. And now, oh, last one here is actually from Flamex, mm-hmm. and it looks like that Stardust Memory Blu-ray box set's going to include a new picture drama, so even more incentive to buy that. My God. Yes. <laughs> yes. All so, the bonuses, uh, man, but that's pretty which, cool. By the way, new picture drama, not reanimated 0083. <laughs> Don't people <laughs> think that? Yes, I've seen people Boys. complaining about... Uh, Sunrise George Lucasing Gundam. Wow. When that's not even what's happening. It's a picture drama. I mean, these this isn't like a new concept. We have this new concept, picture well, drama. Well, it just, it just comes down to people not reading, reading the news. And yeah. it's like they see the screenshots mm-hmm. of the new stuff. It's like, oh, are they redoing the room? Immediately. I must go to Twitter. <laughs> I must go to the internet and complain and show my ignorance. Exactly. How did they redo the classic? <laughs> Even though how all dare of them, they, how dare they do this thing that they're not doing? Exactly. <laughs> Even though all of them are, are saying, "Why don't they just uh, redo uh, Mobile Suit Gundam? They need to remake it because they can do it better." But uh, yeah, picture drama. Picture drama does not equal brand new uh, show. So mm-hmm. good to know. Good to know. So uh, Soul Bro, yes, it's now time for some robot apocalypse news. Oh no. Is Neo so robophobic? We've got some dangerous ones here. And the first one, oh, I read about this a couple days ago. And this is coming from Firehawk. And it looks like, yes, the self-driving cars, some guys prove that you can uh, hack into them. Oh, <laughs> Take wow. control of it. Yeah, I saw I saw the little video that they released on that. So basically, the guy couldn't, he uh, t- was able to... They were able to hack through this Uconnect system and Jeep, uh, a Jeep Cherokee, and take mm-hmm. over the car. Guy couldn't do his brakes and stuff. And um, yes, this is this is it. This is Judgment Day is coming. <laughs> judgment Day is coming. So prepare. Is here? Good shot. Ja- yeah. <laughs> judgment Day is it's it's definitely here. So um, come with me if you want to live. <laughs> <laughs> but you're driving a Jeep Cherokee. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, it's. I'm gonna. Have, you're gonna have to just get like. Um, you're gonna have to make all your um, all your cars like the Galactica. Just don't, you know, just don't network them and stuff like that. Because that is kind of scary, though, if you really think. Not even the fact of the the robot apocalypse thing about it, but you know, because people just like to hack stuff just to be assholes. Mm-hmm. So you, you imagine people going down the freeway and their cars getting hacked, and then they're speeding up or having to stop really quick. You imagine the chaos that would bring. It'd be insane, man. It'd be bedlam. <laughs> No, I mean seriously, it's 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 a very dangerous thing because yeah. all the new cars are all connected now. They all, have, they all have stuff in them. I almost want to bring up another news story, but it might might be in the in the list of news stories you still have to read about a, a certain accident that happened um, recently. Uh, anybody uh, submit any kind of accident happened to do with one of well, those uh, cars? I, 
I'm 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 going my order here. So right. I, will, if, I, will, I, will, I will I will stand down. If 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 you have something and I don't mention it, then bring it up. But uh, then we'll be speaking way out of, of accidents. <laughs> this is the, this is the next uh, dangerous thing. This is coming from Gundam Type Zero, and this is coming from the BBC. So you know this is very serious because all British people are very serious. But it looks like robotic surgery mm-hmm. has been linked to 144 deaths in the U.S. Whoa. See, it's begun. It's begun. Jesus. And yeah, they did a study of surgical robots linked to machines use at least 144 deaths and more than 1,000 injuries over a 14-year period in the U.S. Mm-hmm. See, they're getting the taste of blood. Yeah, this is, this is it, man. <laughs> this is it. Bunker time. Bunker time. Thank you for that, uh, Mr. Gundam Type Zero. The next one here. Oh, that's it for gun, uh, Robot Apocalypse news. So, oh, uh, what, what, what was your story, Solbro? Well, um, quick. I, I don't. I only know overview of what happened. Uh, basically, one of those auto auto driving cars actually hit a person. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't yeah. know if uh, I guess no one. And they're submitted blaming that, but, human error, but it's yeah, not. Of course, <laughs> it's the robots' thirst for blood. I mean, so. it's something that's going to happen because we humans are chaotic and robots are not. So those things don't go well together. So. <laughs> Yeah, don't don't believe Skynet. I mean Google. They, oh shit! <laughs> but that's it. That's We're just all. going to be perfectly safe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you. So blame uh, the humans. <laughs> yeah, blame blame them. So. No, I'm not going to hook up a Cylon into the CIC. And uh, Ben Noir's got some Human Resistance League news. Whoa. And it says here, is it okay to shoot your your neighbor's drum? Quick answer, yes. Mm. <laughs> so, um, My house is a no-fly zone, son. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I don't know. Did you guys hear about that nasty, um, that nasty fire that was like on the free, uh, 15 freeway like last Friday? Like, burnt, like a bunch of cars? Well, there was this thing where we had a wildfire and it burned all these cars. Mm-hmm. And I guess one of the issues they were having when they were bringing in um, – this is out going like out in the desert and they're bringing in like the – firefighting planes and stuff but they had to call them off because people start putting up their drones to see you know put gopros on them so they can be the first ones to put stuff up on twitter and they were saying that they're having a hell of a time trying to fight the fires with the helicopters and stuff because the the drones are all over the place and they don't want to bring in the planes with that drop all that that retardant because the plane could basically they said if a bird gets sucked up in a jet engine not a problem but if a drone gets sucked up in it it's going to be a problem. That's, yeah. that's definitely a concern. So quick answer. Yeah. If you're able to shoot down your neighbor's drones, yes, you should be able to. So mm-hmm. thank you, Vent Noir, for your submission. And now the best part of, of the news. Oh, wow. Bay's news alerts. We ready? And we only got a few. Yes, yes. All yes. Right. We- Let's go. Michael Bay. Michael Bay. Oh, my God. That's bullshit. What the? F- Dude, can we uh, bring the brewskis? And the first one here comes from the shade, and, and Mister the Shade. Don't, don't I'm, I'm an old school journalist. I like this. So don't send me YouTube links. Mm-hmm. If you can, just give me the tra- the uh, the uh, transcript of it. But um, yeah, it says here the Crack.com YouTube video. They're saying why Michael Bay might certainly secretly be a genius. Well, he's not secretly a genius. He is a genius. And I guess I guess the, he says here the gist of it is his ma- his movies may be critically panned, but no other director makes as much money as his lordship. And that is true, except for Cameron. <laughs> well, yeah, hey, come on. Thank you there, Mr. The Shade. And I believe there is one more. Mm-hmm. And it's like survey news, but it's also kind of sad news. Oh, no. But uh, I guess the guy that was the voice of Wheeljack in Transformers Darker the Moon, oh, yeah. George Coe, mm-hmm. well, he's dead. So yeah. 
Man, how long, how, how old was he? Uh, let me see here. Come on, internet. <laughs> um, well, he was born in 1929, so he was eight, 86. Oh, that's yeah, so, so he had he had a good life. Man, if that's the case, man, uh, uh, may you rest in peace. That's that. If anything, it's just I sad. should do a I should do a twenty one uh, faceless Decepticon uh, salute. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, thank you, Mister Ianetu, for your survey submission. And he said the voice of K is that what he is called in Japan? Wheeljack is he K in Japan? I have no idea, actually, to be honest with you. Who knows? With so many so many Transformers having weird names all over the world. God. What? No. Transformers. <laughs> I, I wasn't part of this one. I didn't know there were Transformers in Dark at the Moon. <laughs> the moon, it was dark, and I, I was creating all those stupid little tchotchke, little little inventions in my, in my house. No, I was making burgers. <laughs> <laughs> so, as long as you're not cutting a new rap album, that's all, that's all that matters. <laughs> Come on. Uh, my rap also with burgers. Beaten, beaten down on Vietnamese guys. Oh, wait. No, I mean, no. no. <laughs> oh, no. Doing that. Wasn't yeah, doing I that at all. Need, need my record expunged, but, I, you know, I'll never I'll never say, you know, what's that? Um, sorry? I'll, I'll never do that. Oh, wow. So, uh, thank you, Mr. E. Netu, for your submission. Thank you, everyone, for all your submissions. If you ever have any news to submit, it's in the Neos Listener Submitted News Articles thread in the Gundam section of the Mecha Talk Forum. And I have heard that uh, we will not be doing any old-timey. We'll just be going into our first segment, which is Volume 10 of Gundam The Origin. You're listening to Gundam and M.A. HQ. Podcasting is king. You are listening to Gundam at MAHQ. In a world where vivid flashbacks can strike without warning. In a world where a submissive adolescent must pilot a giant humanoid robot to save humanity. In the same world where a two-legged quadruped can run leisurely at the speed of sound with the aid of jewelry. Only one podcast can discuss this with their sanity intact. And this is Not That Podcast. www.ssapodcast.com the Ass Backwards Anime Podcast. Oh wait, I was supposed to use that voice in the beginning. Uh, let's go again. From a time long ago, in a basement far away, there comes a time when there's only one hero to protect us all from the trolls, warranted and unwarranted. Is it him? Against... Gundam Sea Destiny. It appears destiny is firmly on my side. 
What? There stands a man who alone will defend the honor of said show for all to enjoy. You're something that shouldn't have been allowed to exist, boy! Just shut up! His name rings out and is like curses to those evil doers. If people learned of your existence, they would want to be just as you are! That name... Chapman 025, Defender of Destiny! You shouldn't blame me! This is mankind's dream! Mankind's desire! Mankind's destiny! Coming this fall on WSBR, your home for DVR hits. Wow, this is pretty cool! Where's Sumire? She went home. She said she only came here to see the doer all right. Damn, the babe's leaving already! You didn't tell her anything about me, did you? Let's see, I think I mentioned that you're so behind that you needed to take summer classes or else you'd fail out. And of course I let her know that you had severe diarrhea last night. You got a problem with that? Enemy approaching! I'll bring up the screen for you. Objects are moving quickly. Armed and targeting. Within range in 34 seconds, sir. Welcome back to Goddamn at MAHQ, and for our main topic today, we are doing yet another review of Gundam The Origin, not too long after our last one, mm-hmm. <laughs> but also uh, one of the last ones. We're up to Volume 10 now, subtitled Solomon, and this, of course, is Volume 10 out of 12, although the main story ends next volume, so... This volume, we start off with some new stuff. We have um, the white base at uh, Pergamino's dock, which in the TV series happened during Side 6, and from the movies, it was excised completely, and they're uh, meeting Mosk Hand, the mobile suit researcher, who knew Amuro's dad, and he's there to apply the magnetic coating and increase the efficiency of the Gundam, but uh, it's more like a full-scale remodeling of the Gundam because he takes it apart completely, and Amaro starts to get a little creepy, jealous, possessive. <laughs> yeah, right. I am the best pilot for Gundam. And then in the end, when they do a test run, the RX-78 goes all berserk, kind of Ava Unit 1 style. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or Unit Zero, I should say. But it works, and the Gundam is far more mobile and efficient than it was before. So, with that taken care of, we move to the classic storyline of Solomon, which 
mostly plays out the same way as in the anime. You have uh, Garen pretty much throwing Dozel to the wolves and letting him uh, fail so that Garen can defend the homeland with all of his schemes and plots and he puts into motion the plan for the colony laser and of course has that famous conversation with his father about Hitler. Mm -hmm. And then the attack begins and TNM's fleet uses the solar system to wipe out a bunch of Solomon and Hayato, who is uh, angry at Amuro returning with Slegger, wants to, you know, score some kills and show that he's a man. And he goes out on a ball, joins the ball brigade. Even Kai's like, what are you, nuts? <laughs> so he manages to survive, but gets injured, which leads to, you know, his uh, pathetic whimpering with Fav, uh, a Frabo, like, I tried to be better than Amuro. <laughs> Exactly. And Frau has to convince him that it's okay. You can give him the, the you tried sticker. <laughs> the per- participation trophy. The gold star. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, some love is in the air when uh, Mirai tries to confess her, her feelings to Slayer, and he's all like, look, this, this ain't going to work. <laughs> and he's there, you know, eating his space hamburger. In the ready room, which is adorned with tons of graffiti from other pilots and crew, including um, such tidbits like Bright is Gay. And and Amaro Lick My Ass. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Wonder who wrote that one. (laughs) I'm going to kind of bet that it's Kai. Yeah. It's got Kai. That's Kai all over. But the way that Hayato was acting in this volume, it might have been him. Yeah, but that that (laughs) looks like that was done prior, though. I think it was a collabo. <laughs> Interestingly, in a change from the anime, Sela is still grounded because uh, Bright's got her on probation after the reveal of Shar and all that stuff. So she stays behind. She's not even on the white base. Mm-hmm. She misses the battle entirely. Yeah, so Big Zam comes out. Dozel's angry that uh, he's been abandoned by his family, and he goes on an attack run to attack TNM's fleet and manages to uh, kill TNM, which I believe is a change from the anime. I don't recall that happening. It uh, plays out a lot like 0083, that same scene where Gato goes on kind of a pointless uh, attack of rage against the uh, solar system fleet. Oh, yeah. And tries to take out as many of them as he can, but in the end, it's a futile effort. So Dozel does manage to kill TNM, but then Amaro and Slegger show up, and of course, Slegger dies in exactly the same way as in the anime. And Amaro takes down the big Zam, and Dozel makes his futile last stand with a machine gun and gets killed. And of course, the Federation occupies Solomon and renames it Confeto because mm-hmm. it looks like a candy. <laughs> So the scheming continues with uh, Cassilia disguising herself as a secretary to sneak into Zoom City to talk to her dad and set him up to go make peace talks on the great Degwin. Shar uh, shows up with Lala, who now is in her uh, little Xeon uniform, and they start conducting tests with the Elmeth, which gets picked up by all of the area's new types, including Amuro and <clears throat> Revel. And this leads to Amuro deciding to go out and search the area because Federation ships are being destroyed. He encounters Lala and Shar. He has a little new type conversation with Lala. Shar attacks him. Now that Shar knows who Amuro is, he's 
giving him the whole like join me we'll take down the old order speech mm-hmm. and Amaro tells him to piss off <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about looks yeah. like Yaz uh, watched Empire Strikes Back yeah it's impossible <laughs> join me yeah and uh, that's pretty much the end our our final glimpse of the action is uh, Degwin taking off in his flagship with Cassilia um smiling in in a way that uh masks her motive mm. so sober what were your thoughts on volume 10 a solid volume um not too much different from the actual show from the looks of it but uh some of the major differences i noticed was uh of course um this is one of the uh yas redesigns of a character i guess that he didn't get the chance to design in the original animated series for mosque so he looks he looks completely different when you see him in the manga tall lanky eccentric looking dude you know more like the the mad scientist kind instead of the kind of the workman that we saw in the animated series and um that definitely showed when they tested the uh the arc 78 uh, uh when they uh put the magnetic coating on what i love though was the breakdown of how the magnetic coating worked and the fact that none of the parts have any kind of uh contact with each other any of the uh mechanisms inside the gundam once they apply it you know you got a taste of what that was about in the tv show but they didn't go into detail detail like they did in this uh this book and i did appreciate that but of course that has a crazy a crazy outcome when they finally test the rx-78 and it was uh pretty bad i'm just glad nobody got killed but uh, it's hard to imagine that no one got killed in that dry dog <laughs> the way that thing was wailing around that was pretty crazy uh, i found it pretty interesting that amaro when he was speaking i believe the sailor is either sailor or frau he was ta- they brought up his dad on the Oh, it wasn't even that. Um, it was when Mosk asked him about his father and he was sorry that his father died on side seven. Amro didn't bring up any of the fact that he ran into his dad over in side six and not that he had to at all. Um, or that uh, that upgrade part. Yeah. <laughs> well he probably he probably noticed that upgrade part when he was doing the retrofit. <laughs> But yeah, when it came down to it, it's like Amro just said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." You know, he just brushed it off. And in Amro's mind, he thinks his father's still alive, just crazy. But he has no idea about the actual real fate of his dad, and that um, Mosk is actually more right than wrong in that case. But um, uh, at the end of the book, I definitely enjoyed the interaction between Halala and Amro, even close to the end when Amro is testing the uh, the separation, the survival uh, separation of the Gundam, where he ejects in the core fighter, which looks kind of different um i don't know if this is the is this a redesign yeah it's a redesign this is is a redesign the the core pod which yeah. Uh, Yaz talks about in the back of the yeah. book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's more bubular, I guess. It's, it's it's more bubble-like than anything else. And I like it. I think it's pretty cool looking. Um, I do like the sleek core fighter design of the original, but this one, it jives with me, especially with all the changes. Well, it makes a lot more sense on this because it's yeah. it's more or less a, it's more an compact. escape pod. Yeah. It's an escape pod on this one instead of just something that combines with other pieces with the first one. That's right. just- it also looks, uh, in, in retrospect now, uh, comparing the two, quite a lot, well, just the other way around, the G-Self's core fighter looks quite yeah. a bit like this core pod. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I- I'm, not, I'm not making any connections here. I'm just ah! that, that they look. <laughs> yeah. No, they do. I mean... You conspiracy theorists. <laughs> thinks that i'm talking about like multi-universe turn a bank theories like no they, they just have the same kind of similar rounded edges yeah. and more compact design the more curved canopy yeah yeah now that you bring it up i i, I gotta admit that that did that that does look reminiscent of that a surprising moment in the manga of course is uh when cassilia and degwin have that heart to heart about what to do about uh 
It, it's almost reminds me of that movie, What to Do About Kevin. <laughs> what are we going to do about uh about Guerin? And um, uh, Dagwin says straight up, it's like, uh, Guerin's got to go. He's got to go. <laughs> I, I need you to get rid of him for me and it's like the, he actually puts instills that in Cassilia to do that and it's not beyond Cassilia's MO he's uh I mean, she's killed off uh, a brother before you know and if the situation were reversed I'm pretty sure Garen would do the same so um now she's she's uh brought with a task but also she observes her father and says that he's kind of lost the medal for all this all the uh hardships that are going to come up next and that he might himself be a problem. I don't know if they're insisting that maybe she might have a hand in his demise later on, but I don't think so. I think Kasui does love her father, and she kind of has. She's always been a schemer, but she's not on that level. She's not on the level of Girion where uh, he would be. Um, she would be willing to commit patricide to uh, to to achieve her goals. So um, it's gonna be interesting next volume when uh, when the worst of the worst happens. Um, they couldn't telegraph. Uh, old Dozel's death flag enough in <laughs> this issue <laughs> when uh when he's having the heart to heart with his wife and talking about uh i guess the future and she and he's saying oh oh solomon's the most uh secure installation there is around here and uh, uh the federation can't do shit about us and then uh, of course everything goes to hell and he's got to get his family to escape but the uh the little moments with him and his daughter uh minerva minerva um were a little heartwarming and uh i'm uh, it made me feel bad for him overall he's the one of the few zombies i actually have some kind of uh remorse for or um feelings for um i don't know not so much about dagwin although i'm, I'm sorry about the way he goes out in later volumes but um when it comes to dozel he might have been simple but you know he had my respect and also of course uh garma he was just simple <laughs> But overall, yeah, um, I enjoyed uh, uh, just revisiting a lot of moments in this. And uh, I'll go ahead and turn the mic over to uh, back to you, Chris, in regards to all this. All right, Neo, your thoughts on Volume 10. Um, yeah, I mean, pretty much what was stated, m- most of it plays out like what we've seen in the anime and, and the movie trilogy. Um, yeah, it, w- it was cool to see some of these um, uh, little expanded things. A little weird the the Shar speech was a little weird to me. It kind of felt a little out of sorts, and it reminded me of the speech that Shar kind of has in the Mobile Suit Gundam novels that were done. Um, but it it just seemed a little weird to me. I, I don't know why. It's a little comic booky and Empire Strikes Backy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It it, it really kind of it's it's if there's one negative that I will have in this book, it's it's that scene because you're just kind of going through it, reading it, and then all of a sudden it's just. Uh-huh. But I guess they had to do something different because, like you said, Sayla's not even at the battle, so she's not there to help, um, you know, cause cause problems flying around in the core booster. So uh, I get it, but yeah, it, it definitely screamed a little comic booky and, and Empire Strikes Backy. So, um, you know, the thing about the zombies that just kill me is. All I look at the great Degwin, I'm like, wow, all the resources and money you had, you have such limited resources and money, but all the money that went into that dumb ship that's not even used for your, uh, used for your military, it's just sitting there. I mean, <laughs> it, it, that just, that just once again re, re illustrates why, like, these, these people were just, they're just idiots and they're always going to lose because they're more worried about the flash than the substance. And he just said, and, and you, you just see that. And it's kind of crazy. Um, one of the out, one of the things that stood out to me and it, and it kind of gave you a more intense scope of, uh, the Battle of Solomon is when Hayato is making the emergency landing in the ball in the back of the white base and then you see in the back hangar 
all the beat up balls. <laughs> that was like, wow. Yeah. It's, it kind of showed like the scope of like, okay, we, we know people were dying at this, but then you see like, okay, there's all these balls in here. You don't know if these guys made it back alive or dead and they're all shot up. That, that, that was kind of cool to me. Um, it was funny seeing the, uh, the two Zaccarellos flying around. I was telling uh, Solbro and Chris before we started recording. They, they, those two guys kind of reminded me of Alex and Mueller from Wing, um, just less douchey. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> that that was um, that was pretty interesting. And of course, yeah, Stozel, the I'm you know a good soldier is always going to stand up to last ground and stuff like that. And you know. Yeah, he was kind of set up to fail on that, but the guy's kind of an idiot too. He's he's he once again he's you know he's he's all sucked up in the style as a substance instead of just sitting there realizing you're at a tactical disadvantage and let's just give this up and then retreat. We'll just waste all of our whatever remaining resources and and you know and he's what one of their last big field commanders. It's like come on, really? You know, this is just stupid. So you're the pride before the fall. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. And then, of course, uh, yes, the whole thing with um, Solomon, where you, you know, after the battle, all the Federation ships are getting destroyed. Nobody knows what's going on. That's got to be a freaky thing. And, and, they, and they convey that even more so in, in the manga here because they're able to show it a little bit more out that, you know, that sense of panic that you're, it's like, oh, my God, these, these huge, massive warships out of nowhere are just starting to blow up and we can't detect uh, where the enemy is coming from. So that was definitely, um, that was definitely good to see. But um, other than that, you know, like I said, it's pretty much played out what we're used to and um, get you excited and you starting to get a little bit of that bittersweet in it because we're uh, heading into the last two volumes. So, but uh, back to you, Chris. So, you know, there's in the end, there's not much that's no. hugely different in this volume, but there are lots of little changes. And one of the biggest ones is at the beginning when we see all of the stuff with Moss Khan, who has, you know, a very tiny role to play in the TV series, but is yeah. much bigger here. And as Sobro mentioned, was redesigned by, uh, by Yaz. So one of the things I enjoyed was his confrontation with Amra when Amra was like, hey, don't touch my gun to me. <laughs> and Mosk just lets it all out and puts him in his place like, hey, you think you're so special, but you're not the only person who's making this thing run and it's not just yours and yep. you know it's not your personal toy and you know it's it's rare that someone can come along and put Amuro in his place, especially this late in the series. So oh, yeah. Good, good on Mosk. Nice to see for, too. Although yeah. I, I didn't agree with his uh, viewpoint that he couldn't have the uh, the engineer kids uh, actually be a part of the uh, upgrade or to, to find out how everything worked because it would be necessary for them to know to repair the Gundam later. You know, he's kind of a little he's got a little ridiculous in that in that front. But uh, I guess he had a, his reasons on that. Maybe a secret. Yes, I mean it's tr- trade secret probably or something. <laughs> no, I mean that's got a copyright. <laughs> No, it's I mean that but that's that's the way that stuff works. I mean the yeah. the people that work on the deck they may not be cleared for that. So Yeah, and also, you know, just the different design teams are gonna have their own politics and their mm-hmm. own uh you know, their own egos and competition and are not gonna get along. So that right. that did not yeah. stick out yeah. to me. Seeing Salmon play out again was great. There was a little bit more time, I think. They spread out Dozel's family moments a little bit more just to make you feel mm-hmm. a little bit more sorry for him. Mm-hmm. And it still plays out pretty much the same way. Like, yeah, he got played by Garen, but also he's very simple-minded. He's just a meathead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. 
That's the best way to describe him. Yeah. He's he's a meathead. There's really like not much more going on. He could have he should have seen the writing on the wall, but he I guess he ex- he expected uh <laughs> reinforcements. He thought that uh he wouldn't be left out to dry and uh it's like, "Well, no, you you were." <laughs> well, it's like I said, I mean, there comes a point when you got to kind of say, "Okay, what's the big picture here? You know, we can all die defending this, but you know, if we're able to you know, delay and then maybe save some of the forces, then maybe that makes a little bit more sense. Yeah. I don't know. He just left his decoy status for his brother and sister to, to fulfill their machinations, and that's pretty disgusting. Uh, it sucks when he realizes that, though. <laughs> and yet he still presses forward down the wrong path. It's like, dude, you could have you gotten the hell out of there. I don't know why you did Yeah, but that, that, that's his, that's his uh, demeanor, though, because he's, he's, he's of the, the whole samurai mindset of, like, dying in battle. Like, instead of understanding that sometimes it's good to make a, tac- tra- a tactical retreat. Mm-hmm. This guy is just going to be like, no, everything's the last man. And you, when you fight like that, you're going to end up, especially an overwhelming force like the Federation, you're going to lose, which he did. You know. That's true. His uh, attitude is outdated and um, not Stupid. very helpful in the, yeah. <laughs> you know, the glory of battle doesn't mean much if you can't live to fight another day. <laughs> especially when you have limited resources. Mm-hmm. You know. But. So, any closing thoughts on this volume? Um, overall, I, I, I enjoyed reading it. Um, you know, it was, it was cool to see the slight changes in there. Um, definitely not the most revolutionary volume there is, but uh, as we get closer to the end, I'm excited to see exactly how uh, how Yas wraps this up. And uh, I enjoyed reading this one. Um, if I was to rate it, I'd probably give it 3.5 out of uh, five balls that uh, Hayato wrecked. <laughs> Three three wreck balls out of five. There you go. And Neo, your rating for this episode. Oh, I mean for this uh, for this, for this part. volume. Volume. Yeah. Volume. Uh, I'm going to give it uh, three Slugger Burgers, the precursor to the oh. Bright Burger, out of five. <laughs> hey, at least he died on a full stomach. He did. Delicious. Delicious beef with I'm plenty give, of salt. I'm sure too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to give this uh, four inappropriate graffitis out of five. Nice. <laughs> Yeah, it looked like a looked like a boys' locker room in there. Oh man, it, looked, it, it definitely reminded it, me it, of high school. It, it essentially is. Yeah. <laughs> for a good time, call Sela. Nice, nice. So that's it for this segment, and we'll have uh, in a couple of months our review for Volume Eleven. So be on the lookout for that, and probably at some point along the line, Episode Two of the anime adaptation. So oh yeah, that's right. Keep your keep your eyes peeled. Hell yeah! And that's it for this segment. We'll be right back. You're listening to Gundam at MHQ. down to me like I'm a kid. I totally dig being on my own. Plus, I can eat all the pizza I want. Didn't I tell you for years to go easy on the pizza? And don't tell me that's all you're eating every day. God, you're pathetic, you know that? Please don't talk to me like you're my mom. You're not the maternal... That's enough. Look, you better explain this. I don't give a Gundam. damn about your personal life. Start talking. Are you a fan of Gundam, Robotech, or Transformers? Well, you should check out Gundam at MEHQ, a wonderful source to learn about the Autobots. 
Yes, and once I learn about them, I will be the leader of the Decepticons. What was that, Starscream? Nothing, Lord Megatron. Nothing at all. We're looking for a few good new types. Over the last couple of months, the Gundam Nation has been getting together to play Mobile Suit Gundam Extreme Versus. We call those sessions EX Versus the Gundam Nation. Well, we as a group recently upgraded to the sequel to Extreme Versus, known as Full Boost. We're inviting you to come on out and play the new game with us. Even if you don't have the game, you can watch our live stream and also join in the conversation that we hold on Skype during the stream as well. It's not only a gaming session, but a social event for mecha and anime fans as well. If you have the game, you can add the PSN ID, the Gundam Nation, which is the tag that we use to network all the players for the sessions. Also, make sure to add to your Skype the contact of Shinjuku-Station. So you can have a chance to join the Skype conversation during the stream. If you want to watch the stream live, make sure to head on over to twitch.tv slash fighters ready and follow us there so you can be alerted to when our streams begin. If you missed any of our sessions, head over to youtube.com slash and you'll find a lot of our sessions that we've already had archived there. Just be in mind that the conversations held in these sessions may not be safe for work. For more details on the event, make sure you visit Gundam.net and click on the EX versus the Gundam Nation section. If you enjoy the game, the podcast, or Gundam in general, then you owe it to yourself to come on out to EX versus the Gundam Nation. We'll see you there. Teammates, it was an honor to be on the court with you. You guys are the best. Even you, Vakaitis. Damn dumb son of a bitch. You don't understand a word I'm saying, do you? Welcome back to Gundam at MAHQ. You're listening to episode 166. And in this episode, we give our thoughts and review of Gun of the Origin, Volume 10. Uh, it's out there on bookshelves now, man. Go grab that while you can. And before we close out this episode, you know what time it is. It's time to hit up the old post office. And I'm going to turn over the mic to our, to our postmaster, Chris, for the mailbag. Take it away, sir. Oh, what is this segment? We've never really... We don't really do this, do we? <laughs> No idea what this is. <laughs> what is this? Get this away from me. This wasn't, this wasn't in the script. <laughs> and agree to this. <laughs> Improv. <laughs> so you can drop messages in the MechaTalk thread for the mailbag submissions in the Gundam Sum form. That's over at mechatalk.net. And our first question comes from Bloody Knight85, who says, number one, for all of you, which current Gundam show do you like the most? Either Build Fighters Try or Reconquista. Ooh. You can check our reviews for that. <laughs> and this question's old. <laughs> Number two. Favorite mecha anime show of the year 2014, if you have one. Uh, I would probably say Sidonia, season one. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't. I have, uh, sh- finally no. finished it. But yeah, I, I think it was pretty good. I didn't watch too many new shows in 2014, so I'll probably have to just defer to Build Fighters Try. <laughs> Just by default. Uh, definitely not wreaking geese in G, I'll tell you that much. All right. Next up is Yokozuna Bulldozer, who says, Hello! One, which Macross-themed restaurant should get crowdfunding and be a real thing? 
Nyan Nyan or TGIK? Thank goodness it's Kakazaki's. What? TGIK, yeah. I get those mad steaks. Oh, my God. That's the place for steaks, man. Yo, I'm a steak man, so I got to go with Kakazaki all day. You know your steak's going to be well done. (laughs) Cook may not come back, though. (laughs) The the last hurrah porterhouse. (laughs) A succulent, bone-in, 48-ounce porterhouse that you may or may not be able to finish. (laughs) (laughs) The tastiest steak you'll never eat. (laughs) Not because you're not hungry, because... (laughs) It's a Charlie attack. Come here for your last meal. (laughs) 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 All right. And the next question is, suppose a random dimensional event happens and the Frost Brothers get hyperdimension swapped with Bulk and Skull. How would Gundam X conclude and vice versa Mighty Morphin Power Rangers? Oh, very quickly. (laughs) The Power Rangers might actually... Might actually lose, but <laughs> yeah. Gundam X, yeah, that would actually be kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very quickly on both fronts for certain, because uh, with them swapped, uh, the the problems have been sold for the heroes on both fronts. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, no, no, not, let me take that back. For the heroes on the Gundam X side, for the heroes on the Mo- Mighty Morphin Power Rangers side, oh, they're going to be in some trouble. <laughs> Those Frost Brothers are not to be trifled with. And the last question, what are your thoughts on prototype mechas? For example, do they get too much credit as a piece of hardware when really most of the credit should go to the pilot, etc.? Well, it actually tends to be the exact opposite in Gundam. It's really the the mecha that gets all the credit because the pilot's usually a teenager who starts off as a crappy pilot. Mm -hmm. And basically the prototype mecha is a crutch for them to lean on until they develop skills and then... Once they get good enough, the enemies start outclassing them, so they need their mid-series upgrades. So yeah. it's pretty much all about the prototypes. Yeah. They're always ridiculously powered. I agree with that. All right. Next up, Darkhound Noir says, I was curious as to what physical features of mechs are your most or least favorite. Example, my favorites have to be arm-mounted bullet-firing cannons and or wings that fold up and extend. My least favorite has to be large knee pads like the EXS Gundam or Demon's Bane. Man, well, I know for me, um, and I'm sure you guys feel the same. Well, maybe not. But uh, I know for me, I love a suit that transforms. Although, if it can transform, a nice-looking uh, backpack or ale pack is pretty cool. That's my f- my most favorite. Uh, my least favorite, uh, literal cockpits. As much as I like Zone of the Enders, I never could get over that design <laughs> of, the, uh, of the actual cockpit area being, uh, uh, let's just say, elongated. Not crazy about that, but that's mine. All right, and I would have to say I'm also a sucker for Transformers, and I, too, am not a fan of big knee pads. Uh, take, yeah. for example, from Rekongista, Mask's final suit, the the Kabakali. Looks kind of dumb with the knee pads, but then once they're ejected, it's a pretty damn good-looking suit. Yeah, hmm. yeah, yeah. So ditch the knee pads, guys. They're not needed. <laughs> no, I'd, have to, mm-hmm. I'd have to say probably one of my favorite features of the mech is i like um it's more of just in the cockpit i've always been a sucker for the 360 uh display especially when you get in the in the later um thing but that's in the cockpit but god probably my least uh my favorite is when they have a really cool like integrated 
like shield sword type of thing, kind of like the uh, the Exia. Exia. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like that. My least favorite is probably. I, I'm, I agree with you, Chris, and I, I agree with uh, the poster. I can't deal with the the, um, the large knee pads because it it is one of those things when you look at it, kind of like oh my god. And as much as I like like the striker packs, the proliferation of backpacks that was starting to become a least favorite thing too. Was yeah, everything I'm was pretty getting, tired. I'm pretty tired of backpacks. I, I like I like the original strike, and I felt that that was a great point because it shows like the utilitarian nature of that suit but then when just backpacks were coming all over the place and not just in the seed universe but it was going over to other universes and backpacks upon backpacks and you know just like we had in reconquista the backpacks and yeah it, it's just it gets a little bleh. well there you go <laughs> i stand alone that that and another favorite thing would be uh, Epion's big ass uh, sword that beam saber that's tied to the reactor. Oh, that shit. was cool. That was pretty cool. I'm so badass. I just need a beam saber. Okay, and uh, next question comes from MCT Dread. MCT Dread who says, which military in all of Mega Anime should wear the crown for most inept of all time? Ooh, man, do we have enough time? This actually <laughs> this actually should be like a segment. There's so many to choose from. Yeah. Can we defer this to make this a future segment? Yeah, I, this I is think so. That's, uh, yeah. I don't want to waste that. that. That's a good thing because, yeah, there's so many. Oh, I just secured it, so we will we'll put yeah. that on. We'll put that on the, uh, the, the potential segments list. Thank you. Yeah, MCT Dread is good at that because he gave us our last potential segment. So uh, shout out to MCT Dread, man. Thank you for this, uh, this great question. <laughs> I know, I know well, one of the uh, most inept of all science fiction, yeah. the Galactic Empire in Star Wars. <laughs> Ewoks, really? Yeah, we'll, we'll come back to that in the near future. That's a good maybe, one. Mm-hmm. Maybe next episode. Yeah. So next up, we have Yokozuna Bulldozer again. It says, all aboard! I- yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I put a little extra flair there. Grammys, Mecha Royale Season 2, who will win? Who will lose? Perfect Gundam 3, Red the Wadia. Piloted by Gact, cosplaying Majin Kawaguchi III. Mm-hmm. Wow. Dan Cougar, piloted by Mastodon, a.k.a. the band on Metalocalypse. Oh, snap. Talburn, piloted by Prince. <laughs> Gypsy Danger, piloted by Hall & Oates. <laughs> Black Getter, piloted by Eminem. Oh, man. SDF-1 Macross, operated by AKB-48. Of course. <laughs> Back by popular demand... Dairuger 15 piloted by Wu-Tang Clan and friends with ODB back again from the dead via some anime logic that people feel is justifiable. Hell yes. Uh, great Might Gain Perfect Mode piloted by Ozzy Osbourne. Oh, wow. <laughs> I don't think Ozzy could pilot his, so, I mean, he needs Sharon. It's- <laughs> and they're divorced. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I would have to say, and my basis is the Chappelle show. Mm-hmm. It'd have to be Talburn piloted by Prince. Because remember, <laughs> Charlie Murphy underestimated Prince. Oh, yes. They played basketball. Game, you know, shirts versus blouses. Mm-hmm. And he found out, you know, that the man could play. So I, I'm going to say Prince. Womp. This is a tough one. I'd say that or either Dan Kruger 15 with the Wu-Tang. You can't really. I mean, Wu is forever. I mean, come on. Yo, I'm going to have to protect my neck and go with the Dairugger 15. Yeah. <laughs> piloted by the Wu-Tang clan and friends. Of course, ODB being back from the grave. Well, I don't know how they're going to pull that off, but I'm down. It's anime. <laughs> it's 
anime. It doesn't matter. They wish him back with the Dragon Balls. We're good. <laughs> well, yeah, that would be a badass, uh, badass Voltron for certain. <laughs> I would dig that. I, w- I really would. All right. I'm going to have to go with... Um, it's a tough one. I'm going to go with uh, Talbert. Oh, yeah. nice. Nice. Going with the Prince? It is a tough one. Nice. Yeah, because Prince... If you go by Chappelle Show logic, we know this. Well, I mean, the award goes to Prince then <laughs> for badass Megapilot. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Nice. Yeah. Next one comes from K173, who says, "Happy 2015, guys!" Because he posted in January. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing this email won't be read till March. Well, guess again, because yeah. you're wrong. The it's jokes double, double that and add a month. <laughs> Yo, jokes on you. <laughs> jokes on you, sucker. And us. <laughs> We proved it wrong again. Oh, oh unfortunately. Uh, his question is: I was thinking of the dreaded TV episode compilation movies adapted from many anime shows to make a quick buck. Most re- notable recent examples include the four Sea Destiny compilation films, the two Turney films, the Git Sack films. They're heavily edited, choppy, and often difficult to watch because of the nature of cramming ten to ep- twenty episodes worth of story into two hours. Yeah, and you think of any clip show compilation movies as remotely watchable on its own without having seen the original series. Oh, really? Well, the, the obvious choice is the original Gundam yeah, movies. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. really the only one that oh, comes yeah. to mind. Yeah. I mean, I do, I mean, although they're kind of a retelling and an alternate telling, the Zeta Gundam movies are okay. Um, they do cut out a chunk, but I mean, it's meant to be an alternate telling. But um, you do get a, you do uh, glimmer a lot from the, of the TV show by watching them. So um, I would say that's a, a close second. Man, I I, I can't. I, yeah, I can't. I can't include. Do you remember love? Because that's not, that's not, just a completely you, revisioning right there. So well, not on this point that you yeah. don't have to see the original series. Yeah, it's that's true. Kind of tough. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, the, the original Gundam uh, movies. I would say the your best bet on that regard. Uh, I would also say that Ghost in the Shell Individual Eleven I, is oh, yeah. is a good compilation yeah. movie because that I one, thought it was okay. Yeah. The Laughing Man one is, I mean, The Laughing Man was good. Individual 11 cut out a lot of good. I mean, the thing is that um, The Laughing Man story arc was a smaller part of season one mm-hmm. yeah. than the Individual 11 storyline was of season two. So Individual 11 cut out a lot of stuff that I liked. Yeah, It wasn't choppy per se, but I think Laughing Abrupt. Man was... A better movie. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. You know, although you do sacrifice not getting to see the standalone episodes, but <laughs> but it does make for it does make for a compelling film with just the uh, Laughing Man segments in that movie. I'd have to say. So, thank you for the question. Next up, Jehudi Twenty Nine says, "You've said in multiple podcasts that fans have to put their money where their mouth is and support a show they like by voting with their wallets." This leads me to my main question. Does it matter what type of merchandise you buy when supporting a show? I'll admit that I often use the Methods Network to watch Gundam. I do not buy much physical media, and I've only purchased a couple of mecha series. However, when I do like a Gundam show, I'll buy a bunch of model kits from it. In your opinion, is this providing the same amount of support as buying DVDs, Blu-rays of the series? Uh, it's a good question. Yeah, it and is. And it's, uh, it's not an easy one because of the fact we're, that we're dealing with a multinational corporation and we're talking about multinational commerce so on the one hand yes buying model kits that does support gundam there is no doubt about that mm-hmm. assuming of course that you're not buying counterfeits yeah you know, counterfeits that uh you know 
are pretty often sold in lots of places, especially on eBay. So yes, watch out for the counterfeits. But yes, that does support Gundam. Now, if you're talking about supporting Gundam releases in terms of getting more movies and TV shows released in America, then uh, no, that doesn't because that funnels into a very different sort of cash stream. And, you know, at the end of the day, people who buy Gunpla from import sites like Hobby Japan, how is Bandai really going to know that you're Western fans supporting the franchise in the West? That's too complicated a stream to track. So what do they have to go by? The sales numbers they get from these days now, right stuff. Yeah. And from vertical. So if they don't have that if they don't have that sales data, then they don't know what's going on. So that's where it's tricky. If you want more Gundam manga released in America, if you want more video, whether whether it's DVD or Blu-ray, then yeah, you have to buy that stuff. That's just the way it is. Well, I think it's also, not the same as like, say, you know, you're a Marvel fan and you don't feel like supporting 20 uh, monthly ongoing books, but you buy officially licensed merchandise and you buy the Blu-rays of the movies. Yeah. That That's a much easier thing to follow than the way it works with Gundam across national borders. And I think the other thing now that we got, especially with video, is maybe, you know, with the physical video actually kind of going away, like uh, Blu-rays and stuff like that, the availability that we have now of streaming services that offer this stuff, that's another way to support them. And, and a lot of them are pretty affordable now. And the amount of, uh, and not just being specific in Gundam, but just being specific for all genres of anime is just... Uh, you know, um, if if you like anime and you like it coming over and and getting releases of it, and some of these really quick releases now, like Funimation's doing, support their services. They're and they're pretty affordable. I mean, and Hulu's got a lot of his stuff. I know Netflix now is getting a proliferation of the stuff. So that might yeah. be the new way of kind of supporting it. And it's it's you know it's all going into a pool of cash. But then in that aspect, then they could pretty much see hey uh netflix just released all the gundam shows and they're seeing all these people are watching gundam because they can actually see what you're based on your history so Mm -hmm. that might be more of the way that you start supporting this stuff now outside of the old physical media type of deal so yeah i mean i'd have to agree the number one thing is to support the releases when they come out here for to get your vote in um and watching the streams too if there's official streams before they even the series get released here and you can uh, watch the shows officially definitely do it because your your numbers go towards something there's analytics behind analytics behind it and they're looking at certain things about that so that's that's pretty cool uh when it comes to the models um i have a question for both of y'all um are there like groups here in the states now that distribute for uh for uh for sorry bandai like um you know, Bluefin. like Bluefin, Bluefin and whatnot, and are they yeah. keeping track of uh, like sales of certain shows? And uh, when it comes to not shows themselves, but the models behind certain shows and what sells where? Oh, I'm sure in, they in do. The States. Yeah, I mean they do, but they're they're small scale. I mean, they're, yeah. you know, Bluefin doesn't sell directly to consumers. They're business to business. Middleman. They distribute, yeah, that's they're true. Middleman. They distribute to uh, other businesses like shopkeepers yeah. and to uh, shops directly. So. You know, I don't know like how that data gets back to them, how it's collated and what gets back to Sunrise. So I think it's just a much clearer relationship between the fact of if you want Gundam on video, you got to buy Gundam on video. Yeah, and, and then I'm sure Bluefin, because they're uh, like a middle marketer, they're sitting there and they're, they 
tell Bandai, hey, you know, we sold uh, 500 of these particular models. You know, they went out, they were demanded for, but it, coming back from Barnes and Barnes and Noble could probably give them actual sales data, but most of the people selling um, Gundam models, I mean, we've been in these shops and stuff. These are guys that just, you know, they just kind of hand ticket stuff and there's not, you know, a super amount of inventory control and uh, <laughs> analytics when it comes to that. But yeah, Bluefin's just going to be like, hey, we shipped out 1,500 units of this particular model in the last two weeks. So that they at least have that data. So. Oh. I hope it broadens in time then. But uh, if anything, I guess we got a long way to go when it comes to that angle of the business. Indeed. So thank you for the question. Next up is MCT Dread, who says, let's play a game. <laughs> okay. Kira Yamato goes insane one day and has a group of VIP hostages held in a fortress on an island in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. The island is guarded by an army of strikes and impulses, Kira's super friends, and his bromance buddy Atherin, while surrounding <laughs> the island is an army of giant laser eye robo sharks. Oh no. The mission is to save the hostages and to kill Kira in a final duel as he pilots his strike freedom. Piloting an RX 78, which one of these 80s action stars do you trust to save the hostages and end this madman's tyranny? <laughs> Clint Eastwood, Bruce Willis, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Jean-Claude Van Damme, Steven Seagal, Bruce Lee, Harrison Ford. <laughs> Chuck Norris sends his apologies. He could not come as he's fighting to save Murica with Danny Trejo against invading aliens on the moon. Well, Bruce Lee's more of a 70s action hero, but we'll, we'll, we'll accept. <laughs> now, now, the, now these, are these in current form or back in their heyday? Because, the prime. Yeah, because so Steven Seagal it's, couldn't, it's, he couldn't it's, fit it's, in the cockpit at this point. There's no way he'd be able to get in the cockpit of this RX-78-2. Yeah, it's them at their peak. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's the intention. So what, probably Dirty Harry Clint Eastwood, uh, Die Hard Bruce Willis, maybe... Commando what? Arnold Schwarzenegger. Or Predator Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, get, get in the Gundam! <laughs> Bloodsport John Claude, maybe Mark for Death Steven Seagal. Mm-hmm. Bruce Lee is just Bruce Lee. And what, uh, Indiana Jones Harrison Ford? Yeah. Okay. Or Star Wars. Uh, Hell Han Solo, man. He's more apt for the for the space battles. <laughs> more, more, of a, more of an action hero, I think, in Indiana Jones. But mm-hmm. that's just me. Well, uh, man, Come on, uh, so I uh, should have this figured out. Oh, oh, I, I go first, huh? Let's okay, <laughs> I'll be the brave one. Uh, I'm gonna go for. Uh, I'm gonna go for. Uh, I'm, instead of uh, instead of uh, Predator, Arnold Schwarzenegger. I think Arnold Schwarzenegger was at his best in Commando. He that Maybe. man that man shot Same down time. like seventy something odd dudes. Didn't get a scratch, or maybe just a scratch. But uh, he went through like he went through that like a Kari Warriors. So he should be able to mow down uh, Akira Yamato with no problem. The man had God mode going on in that movie. So Arnold Schwarzenegger, Commando version. <laughs> All right. Well, naturally, I would say Bruce Lee, but mm-hmm. this is the RX seventy eight dash two. Yep. Yeah, this not, is a, not, the God not Gundam. A, not a G Gundam. Yeah, if it was yeah, the G Gundam, would be another God story. <laughs> And that also takes out Steven Seagal and, and Jean-Claude. Um, so, yeah, it's a tough one. It's either Clint Eastwood, Bruce Willis, Arnold Schwarzenegger, maybe Harrison Ford. But I'm thinking RX-78-2, ranged attacks with sometimes having to do uh, some in, in-house fighting. I'm going to say Bruce Willis. Die Hard Bruce Willis. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> he couldn't miss in Die Hard, man. He shot everybody. he will be a bloody mess by the end. Well, it doesn't matter. He's going to... Hey, he saved he saved his wife. Yeah, he did. He did. Both so times. is Kira gonna fall out of the mobile suit and a dramatic fall to his death? Is that <laughs> that's what's Maybe. gonna end? 
Hey, Bruce Willis, you know, he saved everyone and he defeated Snape, so. Yeah. You know what? That, at least it's the 80s Bruce Willis where he wasn't sleepwalking through every movie. So. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. I'll accept. Thank you. I, I'm going to have to agree and, and also go with uh, Bruce Willis. I mean, you're going to have to clean out the cockpit at the end. <laughs> and the normal suit's going to consist of uh, him shoeless with dress slacks on and a wife beater. Nice. <laughs> and lots of blood. <laughs> lots of blood. <laughs> and glass fragments. I mean, my God, the RX-78-1 or Dash 2 is probably going to have a, uh, a wife beater on. <laughs> that's, that's required. <laughs> Smoking a cigarette. Nice. <laughs> Get, getting help from uh, Carl from Family. Family. Uh, what is that? The Urkel Show. What the hell was that show called? Family Matters. Family Matters. There you go. <laughs> I was say Family Ties, but that was the other Family one. Family Ties. Well, <laughs> that's, yeah, way different. <laughs> uh, that's a whole different skin color. <laughs> whole, different, whole different shade of the carry-on box, right? There you go. <laughs> So let's see what else we have here. Let's do one more before we close out. All right. Also from Yokozuna Bulldozer, who says, hello. <laughs> Number one, Chris, you're given the position of CEO at some big company under the condition that you have to have a certain song play while you march towards your office every morning. Only this song until your retirement. Which of the three below do you have playing? Song two by Blur, working for the weekend by Loverboy. <laughs> Merciless Soldier by Kageyama Hironobu, which most of us know as that MD Geist intro. Hell oh, yes. Come on. We Hell already yes. know. Well, obviously, it's going to be that. <laughs> <laughs> much as I like song two, I think that would get a little old after a while because it's too short, too quick on the loop, I think. It just needs to, it just needs to play during his walk, though. He'll be all right. <laughs> I, I want everyone to know that I'm the most dangerous CEO. <laughs> but you may come back in colon death force. Yeah. C- colon uh, hostile takeover. Yeah. <laughs> colon corporate downsizing. <laughs> Col- colon consulting firm. <laughs> colon performance reviews. Don't just get laid off. You get shot. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Number two. Suppose Setsuna was home alone and A-laws have infiltrated the Ptolemaios. Oh, my. <laughs> what kind of traps would Setsuna set up in Home Alone Double O Awakening of the McAllister? <laughs> <laughs> Why? Hmm. This is interesting. So he's home alone, then? He's home uh, alone, yes. Um, oh, probably I could see him doing some, um, maybe you, you um, break, possibly break some of uh, the beer bottles from Sumeragi. You know, get get the guys where they get like get their feet wet, and they got to take off their shoes, and then they you know walk on broken glass. That could be one. Um, face full, of, face full of horrors. <laughs> a horror stampede. <laughs> you, you just, or you drop, you just put a bunch of horrors in the bag, and you just drop them on top. That was one of the things they did in Home Alone, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. Well placed shrapnel bombs around the ship, man. <laughs> just going off. So, bro, what do you do? That'd be mine. Well placed shrap- shrapnel bombs around the ship. What else would I do? Uh, I, if I was if I was sets in a Home Alone, uh, I don't know. Uh, freaking uh, that old log trap <laughs> where you would get the log. I don't know. But, yeah, se- but what's his face is broken uh, cyborg body. There you go. There you go. Use that, Use that yeah. instead. Neo took some of the good ones, so uh, those would be mine. Uh, I would have uh, stuff like. Uh, I'm sure Ian's got like a porno collection. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, like yeah. spread it out to distract people. Yeah. And then you have traps to like bonk them when yeah. they're looking at the porn. Yeah. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> or, or all the or all the pictures they take of Sumeragi in the shower and stuff. The hidden the hidden shower cam. No, we're talking. <laughs> or or you have like some of her lingerie spread out as like a trail, and then it leads Pretty you much. into a room, and and you get bonked in the head. Yeah, <laughs> by empty liquor bottle. <laughs> yes, like a giant sake bottle. <laughs> Yo, on top of that, Molotov cocktails made from her liquor bottles? <laughs> sure, why not? Going all in. Or you just yeah. use... Well, no, she's not there because he's home alone. That's, that's <laughs> uh, <laughs> Bless You have you. the uh, the Haros as guerrilla fighters. Mm-hmm. There you go. And I would have them do everything, like, you know, just, f- like, you know, when they're in their little repair bots, like, just flat and grab, like, these guys by the nuts and twist <laughs> Or actually dress them up as gorillas. Or maybe like little, you know, maybe put them in a shark costume or something like that. Give them face paint. Yeah. <laughs> Make it look real Vietnam. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's, that's what I would do. And the last question is, how would you make Gran Torino 2 starring Yoshiyuki Tamino? Oh, nice. <laughs> Nice. Well, I haven't lived across the street from a convention center that's about to celebrate the most newest, hippest anime. Maybe Attack on Titan. And they're about to come out and he sees a bunch of Attack on Titan cosplayers on his lawn and he gets to work with his double barrel. <laughs> <laughs> it's him versus new anime trends all movie long. Oh. And get the- <laughs> oh, it'll, be, it'll be more like uh, it'll be more like falling down than anything else. <laughs> No, I, I, I got this. He's, he's on his lawn, and some kids are there talking about uh, these these uh, orphans with iron blood. Oh, <laughs> and he busts out his beam shot rifle. He's like, "I'm gonna show you some orphans right now if you don't get off my damn lawn and with your <laughs> shitty Gundams." Nice. <laughs> War will be waged on Gran Torino too. <laughs> Starring Yoshi- Yoshiyuki Tomino, Hideki Anno. <laughs> <laughs> or what is or what is it where maybe maybe you have it where you uh you have Tamino as as the Clint Eastwood character and then all the alternate century uh Gundam directors, they're little kids. <laughs> and they just come by and he just yells at them for all because they're you know, they're always like talking about, Oh, I got this great idea where we could take the you know, do the Gundam and do this. <laughs> He's, just, and and Fukuda is the most annoying of all. I was gonna say it, the first one shot would be Fukuda all day. <laughs> Backpacks. We just put backpacks everywhere. We just has to yell at him and be like, "You don't know what it was like to do. Gu- you don't know how it is to do a Gundam show. This is what you do." I fought to limit the toyification, and you're adding backpacks. Yeah. <laughs> who, does, who possibly does backpacks? That's craziness. And oh, every, know, why, every, why, every, why, why do you want? Why do you want more than? Uh, why do you want more than like? Uh, four Gundams in a show <laughs> and that's including the mid-season upgrade <laughs> every time we, every time Fukuda has to say something we flash back to what he had for breakfast <laughs> why do you want a bunch of pretty boys Afro wasn't pretty had a giant afro and looked like kind of a dorky kid but you got all like these little model kids you lost the plot guys <laughs> Why, why do you got a guy piloting that's uh, all sullen and wearing a tank top and, and spandex shorts? That makes no sense. <laughs> Back in my day, we had normal suits and we liked them. Yeah. How dare you define what a, a, a new type is? You just make it up as you go. Yeah, the body count. <laughs> you, make, you, make, you make it work for the story of that episode. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, the body count at the end, at the end of this who, movie is going to be ridiculous. <laughs> who the hell thought new type dolphins were a good idea? Wait a second. It's actually not so bad. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you spread out uh, 
How dare you spell it out? Emotional deaths throughout this series. You got to have them all in the last. Look at the last episode. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> what do you mean you're not going to murder the protagonist's parents? <laughs> <laughs> Why do you allow them to live? They must die. Yo, he wages a war on the anime industry by sneaking into every production studio and changing the ending of all their shows. <laughs> What's this? You you only have one crazy cyber news hype girl. Yeah. <laughs> Amateurs. <laughs> oh my gosh! Hey, that, that would that, that would be. The, and this, then and then you could bring it. Then you could bring in some of the other uh, some of the other directors that have been influenced him from some of his other shows, like a Day On and stuff like that. And just hear <laughs> going crazy. How dare you have a Japanese pilot that aren't ultra nationalistic, and instead they're just lamenting that maybe Japan didn't start World War II correctly. You know, to do that, they should feel sorry for it. <laughs> All I know is this summer, Killam Ultimino takes a new meaning. <laughs> Oh, him, him and, uh, oh my God, him and Ano, Hideki Ano. Oh my God, he'd be rolling with him. That'd be like his partner how in dare, crime. How, how dare you try to portray destroying the world by just using all this religious gobbledygook? Yo, son, we got a script. Wait, wait a second, that doesn't sound so bad. Let me go do uh, brain power. Yeah, yeah, that, that would be the funniest. It's like every time he's like complaining something, there might be a couple of things that kind of pique his interest. And you just hear him like talking. Wait, I, I got to make a mental note of this. <laughs> Not a bad idea. <laughs> I'm going to do a new type walrus and then I'll show you guys. And lo, the circle closes. <laughs> and then Tusk. <laughs> oh my Woo! God. I actually want to see this show. Now. Oh my I want to see gosh. this movie. <laughs> Quick to Kickstarter. Yo, the brainstorming. Yo, I want my check if they take this shit. <laughs> oh, we should make it on our own. <laughs> Woo! For, forget Shenmue 3. Fun this. Yo. Exactly. <laughs> Shenmue doesn't need your $6.3 million. <laughs> Remember, remember the the uplifting the uplifting story of a man with redemption, Clean Eastwood playing a man with redemption in Gran Torino. <laughs> well, now you have Gran Torino too, starring a Japanese director you've never heard of. <laughs> that that would be the American trailer of it. <laughs> now, uh, it's, now here's the director a, uh, of Japanimation. I mean, <laughs> here's a plot twist for this question. Mm-hmm. What's that? Uh, I misread it and say Gran Turismo 2. Now what? Oh, oh. <laughs> well, that's interesting. Hmm. Now how do you make the game? <laughs> that game or that movie that does not exist based on that game. No, the last... So what, what do you do? What is, what is, well, he would probably initially do, if it's Gran Turismo the movie, then I'm sure all this, all the... Um, uh, what is it? Zanskari stuff and uh, Victory would show up. All the all the stuff that rolled around that would all show all, up. All, the, all of the motorcycles. All the motorcycles. That big giant. Uh, the big giant um, battleship with the wheels. You know the, the Adrastria. The, yeah, the Oliver Killer. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! <laughs> would, would Tamino drive uh, a Mazda RX-7? No, he'd, he'd probably drive the the Char uh, Toyota, the new Char Toyota. Either that or the Skyline. <laughs> Uh, I see him being very practical. Probably oh. more. I mean, he's he's a practical guy. Huh? There you go. Hey, man. I just if anything, that's the did, other car that was inspired by the gun. Wait, what did he do? What did he do? 
did he do anything with a lot of cars? I can't remember him really doing anything with cars. He's mostly just mechas, I, right? I think, I think he just stepped past cars altogether. <laughs> Maybe he doesn't even know how to drive. Maybe uh, it just takes shot. the yeah. He might just take the train everywhere. Mm-hmm. Probably mean, does. <laughs> Gran Turismo. <laughs> well, what about another? Th- what about another? Uh, a flip on this. Another take is how would you make Grand Theft Auto Five starring y- Yoshiyuki Tamino? <laughs> Uh, he's crazy and he runs over everybody and shoots everybody. <laughs> Instead of running around the city, you run around Comicet. What, 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 what <laughs> proclaims that anime sucks and that no good video games have been made since Tetris. He teams up with George Lucas. <laughs> it takes on. Oh, wow. It takes oh, on the, the new Star Wars fans. <laughs> well, you, you switch characters to Grand Theft Auto Five, so so you would start out as Tamino and then later on you become George Lucas. Uh, <laughs> I know. We're not, we're, we didn't really have the technology to do this. And then to to just be even crazier, you can switch as your third character is David Lynch. There you go. <laughs> Crazy clown time. <laughs> I actually think this would be a good, a good game to play. The final battles fought in Twin Peaks. <laughs> so so instead, it's, instead, of them, instead of them going around and committing crime, it's them creating movies. <laughs> Or sullying their uh, cinematic reputations, right? <laughs> Woo! Here's the mission, George. You're so goddamn wealthy, and you're just bored now, and, and, and people are now asking you to, to write the three prequel movies. <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> Ruin more childhoods. Let's go. Uh, hey, Tamino, you're 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 not manic depressive anymore. <laughs> now we're gonna now we're not gonna brain fry Camille. <laughs> I got this new idea. <laughs> it involves eating people. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> you, you can just go and go with that. <laughs> so, oh man, that's funny. All right, we've we've. Had too much fun with this, so thank you everyone for the questions, and of course you can see it more in the thread there on megatalk.net. So I'll turn it back to you, Solbro. All right, guys. Well, um, if anything, thank you guys for listening to this episode of Gundammit MHQ. Before we close things out, uh, anything you guys wanted to mention or uh, remind people about at all? No. Well, all right. Well, I just want to remind you guys, if you missed the live stream that we did for the... um, Oh, Neo, anything? No, I missed it. Oh, well, hey. <laughs> Where would I go if I missed it? If so you missed the live stream that we did on the coverage for um, Mobile Suit Gundam, Iron-Blooded Orphans, um, make sure to check us out over on YouTube.com slash GundamMAHQ, where you can check out the entire uh, live stream. It's almost two hours long. It's almost an episode of Gundam itself. But uh, it really makes no sense to uh, to put it up as an audio episode because we reference all the stuff that's visually in uh, the stream. But you can watch it on YouTube at any time. Just go there. There. Unless you live in Japan, then my condolences. But uh, if anything, you can go to YouTube and check that out. Make sure to condolences. They get all the cool stuff. They kind of they kind of do. You feel sorry for them. I guess that's the trade. But uh... yeah. Well, if you're if you're an expat, then sorry, you're screwed. Yeah. yeah. But one. When you travel the world, just remember that video, and you can check that out whenever you have the chance. On a military base, you'll probably be able to get it because <laughs> it'll go through a USIP. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. 
But uh, yeah, hit that follow button there on the YouTube channel. We put up content, and um, also our, our EX versus the God Damnation streams get uploaded there. And if we do any future streams, I'll make sure to archive them there too. So uh, make sure to check that out. Also, the archive was uh, not the archive, but the actual live stream was streamed from uh, bit.ly/shinstation. That's a live stream channel for Shinjuku Station. We did a live from there. So if you ever want to be, uh, you ever want to get um, or be on point for any kind of future streams that we do, uh, whether it be a Gundam live stream or anything else, go to bit.ly slash shinstation, hit the follow button there, and you'll get an email when we're going to have an event happening over there. And thank you very much for doing so. Um, before we take it home, make sure to check out these websites when you have time. Head on over to where the magic happens, mahq.net. Visit there for reviews of many mecha-related animes and manga series. Also join the conversation at MAHQ's official forums at mechatalk.net, where you can find forums for this show and other MAHQ and Shinjuku Station podcasts. There you can comment on the thread for this episode or others, and submit questions for future podcasts. If you're looking for previous episodes of Gundam at MAHQ, look no further than Gundam.net, where you can also find information on all of our previous episodes. Also find us on iTunes by using the keyword Gundam, and make sure to subscribe and leave us a review. After listening to our show, your next stop should be Chaos Theater, MAHQ's podcast that focuses on other facets of nerddom outside of Mecca. Hosted by the webmaster of MAHQ, Gundam's own Chris Guanche, and the pedal bear of the South, Tomopop's own Pedro Cortez. You can tune into the show at chaostheater.blogspot.com and on iTunes by searching for Chaos Theater. Don't forget that we're also on YouTube, where you can not only find our previous episodes, but extra content as well. Subscribe to these channels when you have time. YouTube.com slash Gundam MAHQ. YouTube.com slash Chaos Theater MAHQ. YouTube.com slash Fighters Ready. YouTube.com slash Shin Station Fight Tube. And YouTube.com slash Shinjuku Station. Last but not least, make a beeline to Shinjuku Station's home for live streaming. That's tinyurl.com slash Shin Station. Every week we stream live with anime commentaries like Shoji Ramaro's Anime Movie Night and live podcasts like our new show, Barbecue Night. Don't sleep. Head on over to tinyurl.com slash Shin Station and follow us to keep up with all our future live streams as well as archives of our most recent sessions. And that's it for Gundam at MAHQ. We'll see you guys next episode. Hey, pal. I'm sorry to keep you waiting. Can I ask, are you like some of the others and have no place to go? Well, once the Gundam fight gets underway, it really won't matter where you run. Listen, uh, you wouldn't by chance have seen this man around the city? Can't help you. It would have been about three months ago. Nope, never seen him. I see. Gundam at MAHQ is a Shinjuku station and MAHQ.net joint. We recently revisited the story of Scott Lang, the disgruntled employee who stole nearly $4 million from Vistacorp, the international cybersecurity and data storage conglomerate based in San Francisco, with a few high-profile burglaries already on record. 
it seemed Lang set his sights on a bigger score. His allegations about Vistacorp's participation in illegal activity split public opinion right down the middle. After serving just three years of a five-year sentence in San Quentin, Scott Lang is set to be released this week. Now, in his first interview since his incarceration, Mr. Lang is standing by via satellite. Sorry, it looks like Mr. Lang is just joining us now. One thing we do need to mention, Vistacorp does hold a controlling interest in this network's parent company, but they have not been implicated in any wrongdoing. Mr. Lang, how are you? Well, I'm still in prison, so, you know, bad. But I'm out of here pretty soon, so that's good. Scott, your story is well known, but let's revisit the details. You broke into the home of your former boss and stole $4 million. No, no, no. I actually refunded $4 million to oh. customers Vistacorp was stealing from. I mean, or maybe a, a, a bit less than $4 million after service charges. What do you say to people who believe that you have fabricated this whole story about Vistacorp robbing its client base and it's just an elaborate smokescreen for a well-planned heist? What? Are you... Look, where do you people get your information, huh? What kind of news organization is this? Oh, no, that's right, yeah, one that's owned by Vistacorp. Mr. Lang, with all due respect, WHIH has been covering global news in detail for the past two decades, from the recent security breach at SHIELD headquarters to the earth-shattering events in Sokovia. Hmm. I reported on Tony Stark in Galmira, and believe me, you're no Tony Stark. Thank God. For someone with such a noble agenda, you went out of your way to destroy some personal property. Well, I felt it was important to really conduct a test. I have heard that those cars are waterproof. Oh, really? They're not. You seem very unrepentant, Scott. I mean, you, you can see why so many of us have trouble believing your side of the story. Yeah, so many of you that get paid by Vistacorp. I'm getting tired of your biased accusations. You know what? Maybe I made a mistake, but I'm in here paying the price. Mm -hmm. Every step of the way, my name's been dragged through the mud by the media, and now I'm locked away from my family, and I'm the only one that's facing any consequences. That is pissing me off! Well, I... I think we've lost him. Um, we would like to thank Scott for taking the time to speak with us today. A shocking conclusion to my interview with Scott Lang, the mastermind Vistacorp cyber thief who is set for release on July 17th. I'm Christine Everhart, and as always, thanks for watching Newsfront.